This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Four o'clock Eastern, what does that mean? National Football Show time. Dan Cilio here. Hope your day is going spectacular. Man, there's so much going on in sports. NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, the NHL is kicking ass right now. How about Montreal, the way they're playing? How about the Bolts? How about the Islanders, man? Football news is everywhere, too. I mean, we're now almost, get this, exactly a month away from the NFL starting training camps because of the Hall of Fame game that will be played in Canton, Ohio this year. We're a month out from teams reporting. We are a month out from the start of what I think is going to be one of the greatest NFL seasons of all time. Plus, we got college football. I mean, now with this new 12-team playoff format that we're now going to hear over the next couple days on whether or not the committee – you know they're going to because anytime the cash register does this, ding, 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 you know this, man. I hope I didn't freak anyone out doing that. I'm not real great on sound effects, all right? You know anytime that the cash register drawer goes in and out, you know they're going to be voting. Oh, yeah, I got it. We're good. I got it. Yeah, we're good. So that thing will be voted on in the next couple of days. We got a power pack show, as I said. So much content in the world of football. And you know what, man? I got to I got to start it out with this. A couple days ago, I brought this up about Le'Veon Bell and his trash talking that he had towards the Kansas City Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. This guy sucks. I hate him. I'll never play for him ever again. Hey, uh, this just in: I didn't hear the Chiefs want you back. Okay, here's a guy that just took a flamethrower to his entire NFL career. When he left Pittsburgh and thought the grass was going to be greener on the other side, and it wasn't greener on the other side. You know, these guys that have this notion when you're in a comfortable zone and you're in a place that really embraces you, that grass ain't greener on the other side, man. Look at AB2. Mike Tomlin did such a fantastic job at managing and coaching those two dudes. They won a load, they won a load of games. Boatload of football games in Pittsburgh. Plus, you had baby, baby tears, Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, you had a whole dynamic there for Mike Tomlin to have to weed through, and he did it. They won ball games. Mike Tomlin, in my opinion, is a Hall of Fame coach. Hey, I say this to you. If Mike, if Mike Tomlin's resume doesn't speak for itself, how the hell did you put Bill Cowher in the Hall of Fame? If you think Bill Cowher's a Hall of Fame coach, you surely think Mike Tomlin's a Hall of Fame coach because that guy has done more. Higher win percentage. Averaged over 10 wins a year. People say, well, how come this guy hasn't won more? I get it. It's Pittsburgh. You got high expectations in that city. Tomlin, in my opinion, just like my boy Krause says, that's the guy I want to play for. I want to play for that guy. Best coach there is. And Andy Reid may be right there in that top three for me. I think Reid is a player's coach. And Le'Veon Bell's barking at him. Okay. So you know what Andy Reid did today? He was asked a question at minicamp about Le'Veon Bell's moaning and bitching. You know what Andy Reid did? Andy Reid takes the high road and says this. Hey, man, I'm rooting for the kid. I hope he lands on his feet. And I really hope that he can really be a factor, and I think he can for another football team. Just didn't work out here. I hope it works out for him. 
Good luck to you, Le'Veon. That made that dude look twice as bad. That's a guy with high character, and I'm talking Andy Reid. Look at the troubles and trials that Andy Reid has gone through personally in the last 15 years. His issues with his kids when he was in Philly. His issues with his kids in Kansas City. Remember something here. These guys are human beings. And if you don't think Andy Reid has a human part to him that looks at every player that's troubled and wants that kid to be the best he possibly can be, don't you think he's got that experience inside his own home? That's why I like Andy Reid. Because when Andy Reid says something like that, I'm pulling for the kid, I believe it. Not every coach that says that, I believe. Most coaches, I'd say half the coaches that say that crap are liars. They don't care about themselves, their own resumes, and their own trajectory when it comes to their coaching career. But when Andy Reid says it, how do you not believe that? You know the story with his son in Philadelphia. Now you know the story with his other son in KC. Super Bowl week two. That guy, hey, he loves his players because you know why? He looks at his players the same way that he looks at his kids. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody's, and by the way, you might say something that might, that might not land right. You know, I always tell you, talk show host, they'll say something, and we're hoping it lands here to make our point so that you can respond and understand where we're coming from as we talk about a particular topic. Sometimes it lands over there, though, and you're like, dude, you're way off base on this. You know, I, I bring up the Kaepernick thing all the time, not to debate it here. Kaepernick thought he was landing on social justice. The majority of Americans thought he landed on pissing on the American flag. And that's where it stood. Most Americans think that guy's anti-American. And some Americans think this guy's all about social justice. Funny thing is, 70% of the people think he urinated on the flag. I'm just telling you the facts here. That's when you're making a point with something, you're hoping that it's got clarity in it. And so when Andy Reid speaks to his players and his kids, there's no BS. There's honesty. And maybe my favorite word for a coach is being genuine. Dude, it's so hard to find coaches that are genuine, that believe in what they say. Because, you know, the more you lie, the more you get into a comfort zone with lying to players or people in general. If you lie to yourself and you lie to your family, what's it to you to lie to some of your players? Think of all the things, like I said, that Reed's had to deal with in his life to be where he is today. Players connect with him. Players love him for a reason. There's not a, you know, there's very few people how, you know, they went about their business in Philadelphia that didn't like Andy Reid. And I would even think this, as crazy as those Eagle fans are, tell me you didn't do this a couple of years ago when Andy won the Super Bowl. You know, out of the side of your mouth, all pissed off in a way, didn't you do this? Good for him. Good for him. Couldn't get it done here, but good for him. Especially the way he was exited out the door. Didn't you do it? I did. I was like, good for that dude, man. Guy was there all them years. Put all those great football teams together. They got to the big dance one time. Okay, lost to that Patriots team. T.O. was great. Babyface Donovan McNabb was moaning about something. T.O. was bitching about something else. They still were able to get there. And then you were doing this when he got to KC. Good for him. Good for him. You root for good dudes. I do. I do. I mean, look, I know you have your loyalty to your teams, to your favorite player, but you root for – I root for dudes like that. I like that guy, man. I like him a lot. All right. I think this is pretty cool. Uh, what's on Madden's cover? 
2022, Madden 22. I love the fact that they got Brady and Mahomes on the cover. It's, by the way, the how about this, too? It's the first Buccaneer ever on the cover of Madden, and it would happen to be a 44 going into the season, Tom Brady. Brady's on the cover of Madden at 43, soon to be 44, with Patrick Mahomes. The two signature faces of the league, the kid and the goat. You can't have anything of a poster that represents the NFL more than that picture there. The goat and the kid. That's perfect. That's how you want to have your league represented. Experience versus talent. Iconic franchise in Kansas City. Young Gun trying to be that guy, right? There's so many messages that are on that Madden cover. And to put an old dog on there like that, just another thing for Brady, right? Six-round draft choice. Seven Super Bowls on the cover of Madden. Man, when you make a movie, and you make the movie of a journey of a player that has gone through adversity, people hating him at Michigan. Oh, let's, let's be candid here. Drew Henson was everybody's dream quarterback when they were in Ann Arbor together. They were looking to do everything they possibly could to give that gig to Drew Henson. You know, the Yankee prospect, Lloyd Carr used to go around, you know, pimping the fact, oh, Brady was my, no, he wasn't. He was never your guy. You never bought into him. You had the guy in the room and you didn't believe it until the very end when he ends up winning that Orange Bowl. Guy gets into the combines. He looks like Ichabod Crane. Couldn't jump over a ruler. Seriously, you think that guy could jump over seven quarters stacked on top of one another? I doubt it. What's he now, man? Oh, just a goat. Then you got this kid from Texas Tech. Where's that? Is that someplace like near, what is it, Lubbock? Texas Tech. Oh, that's a hotbed of talent. Texas Tech. And now this kid looks like he's the best signal caller when it comes to throwing the football since Dan Marino. That's so dope. It is. That's the faces of your franchise. That's the faces of your league. And as Roger Goodell would say, that's the face of the shield. Those two dudes right there. Man, the NFL is in such a great place compared to the other sports. Think about the other sports. Where's baseball right now? Okay, what's their story? Shohei Otani with the Angels? Okay. How about the NBA right now? And you know what really kills me about the NBA guys? The NBA guys, LeBron's on some sort of tirade on a Twitter tirade talking about, we didn't get any rest. We started too soon. Shut up, dude. Prepare your body better. I was talking with Krause. Hey, Embiid, how about getting away from the donuts and not being out of shape in the fourth? Hey, man, great game. Watch this. Great game for about 40 minutes, but there's 48 in a basketball game. Great game. Super game. What about his other? Hey, man, don't rely on other people to deliver the mail. You're, if you want to be considered the best pivot man in the league and one of the guys that people call the greatest player at that position or one of them, you can't just be playing 40 minutes. How about Durant the other night? Played every minute, 49, 17, and 10. Hello. That's called showing up when it mattered. Harden was a skeleton out there. Kay was just out there. Kyrie's probably talking about how flat the world is somewhere. And there's Durant going 49, 17, and 10. They needed him. Hey, I'll give this to you too. How about Paul George last night? No, no Kawhi Leonard. Did you really think they were going to win that game last night? There's not a person on the planet who thought that the Clippers, by the way, I'll tell you this, Clippers a year ago lose that game. They lose that game because you know why? Who your coach is, and I love him. He's my boy. But Doc's on the side there. Ty Lue, that was a wonderful game of coaching that game up, man. Ty Lue, you know what, man? He, he got a couple ticks up when it came to coaching last night. He did a great job with that Clipper team. I really did, man. Without Kawhi, you still go out and win a ball game like that? My boy Xander was talking about the postseason. It's all that matters. Great. He's right. 
48 minutes of basketball, 60 minutes of football. Hey, great, man. You know what? You don't build your legacies in the regular season. You build them in the postseason. That's how people remember you. How you play when it matters the most and when the lights are the brightest. Not when, get this, hey, man, I really had a great first quarter. Hey, that's a nice start out of the gate. But if you want to win the Kentucky Derby, you know you got to finish the race. You know this thing called the finish line? Don't forget that. There's a finish line. Hey, man, I look great running this thing. Hey, we were up in this thing. What are they, up 17? Come on, man. Got to be better, man. Got to be better. How about Brady last year in the NFC Championship game? They don't go for it on fourth down. Did you really think that Green Bay was going to get the ball back to win in a position to be able to score? Did you really? Th- I never. I said, they'll never. This thing's over. When they didn't go for it on fourth, I went, it's over. Game's over. And you gave Brady a seven-point spot going into the halftime because some DB farted on himself. Hey, man, I was like, so you gave Brady seven, and you had a coaching you-know-what up. Congratulations to you. You just lost the NFC title game. That's how close it is in the postseason. Regular season, you can get away with that crap. But when you're playing against people like Jordan or you're playing against people like KD or Brady, come on, dog. Those people are assassins, man. And I mean that in a sports context. They're going to take you out when they can. And smooth. Just watching a guy with a 15-footer or Brady with a 20-yard touchdown pass, you know, or Jordan at the top of the key. You can't be out of gas with two minutes left in a ball game. You just can't. You can't be a liability to your team. Hey, Ben Simmons just said that. Thank you. Anyway, we move on. So there's now reports coming out of Green Bay. And this is a Ron Wolf special, the former general manager of the team. Aaron Rodgers is so selfish. Hello, you're welcome to sports. Athletes that are selfish? Have you checked the guy that plays in L.A.? That's number 23. Oh, wait, six, whatever it is. Have you seen athletes today selfish? Did you see Michael Jordan play? How he thought of himself? How he wanted – did you see Kobe play? You think Kobe wasn't selfish? Shaq would say it all the time. He ain't passing the ball, okay? He ain't passing it because he thinks it has to run through him. You think Brady's coming off the field for anybody? You know that BS stuff that um, Sean Payton does? You know that red zone stuff with Tyson Hill? You think you're taking Brady off the field in the red zone and giving it to Tyson Hill? You think that would ever fly with Tom Brady? Tom Brady's not coming off the field unless he's got to be carried off the field like he was a couple years back when he hurt his knee. He's not coming off that field. Tom Brady would have to be dragged off that field. Michael Jordan would have to be dragged off that court. Not taking them dudes out. Taking guys out like Bree. Come on, man. You don't take those guys out. So being selfish, I'm okay with that. Then you got Ron Wolf going, well, you know, his teammates don't like him. Now, where'd you get that from? Here's my point with you on liking your top players on your team. Nobody said you had to be in love with everybody you worked with. Hey, welcome to the world. If you, if you lined up 100 people in the room that you worked with, how many people in the room would you probably hate? 20? 15? The rest of them you're kind of cool with? Maybe 10 you're really great friends with? Think about your own environment. You think you like everybody in your own business? How about this? Do you like everybody in your own family? So Ron Wolf's like, his, his, all of his teammates don't. Dude, shut up, man. That is so far from the truth. Because at the end of the day, how does that even matter if I like my guy? You think Brady and Belichick were boys? Or do you think they respected each other? You see, man, look, when I'm in a locker room with a guy, it's not important whether or not we're boys or we're friends. Hey, it'd be great if we were. But if we're not, just show up to work, man. We get along with one another, we respect each other, and we go about our business together. If you happen to play over a long period of time, you forge a bond, a bond that 
again, that's how you become friends because you've played together for such a long period of time. It's just, it just happens uh, generically. But to sit there and say that every guy in the Green Bay Packer locker room likes Aaron Rodgers and Rodgers likes them, it's not important. It's so not important that these guys are like beer-drinking buddies. Rodgers doesn't even look like he's that kind of guy. I would do it this way if that were me in that Green Bay locker room. And by the way, I've played with guys that were eccentric like that. And I mean no disrespect to Aaron when I say that. It's okay to be eccentric, man. When you're somebody like that with a high IQ that goes about his life in a different kaleidoscope than what you do, can't criticize that. Everybody's criticizing his process. How can, you know, that's something that's become fashionable today. People criticizing process. This is how you, how many times do you tune on a news network and you hear people trying to tell you how to live your life? Well, you should do this. You should live like this. You should vote for this. You should, you, you, this representative, you should vote for him or her and not for him or her. Dude, shut up, man. I'll do my own research and I'll, I'll get there myself. Okay. People look at that and they rip, they rip the process. Don't rip the process, rip a result. How did, what was the result on how you got, not everybody's golf swings the same. Not everybody's batting stance is the same. Not everybody's journey's the same. So Aaron Rodgers, 48 touchdowns, five interceptions, MVP, two straight years in the NFC title game, 26 and six in two years. They were a few bonehead plays away from going to the Super Bowl and potentially winning it. By the way, if I had to rank last year's top three teams, I'd say Buccaneers, Packers, and Chiefs. I'd say those were your top three. I don't think the Chiefs were the second best team in the NFL last year. They're in the they're in the room, but the Packers, in my opinion, they could have beat Kansas City too without both those tackles in there and not being able to get a running game going, Kansas City. And let's face it, Patrick Mahomes really hasn't played all that hot in that game yet. I don't know. You give me Brady or Aaron Rodgers, I'll take those two guys against Patrick Mahomes. And I'm not throwing shade on Mahomes right now. I'm just saying he ain't played that great in those big, giant ball games yet. He had a great quarter in the Super Bowl that they won, because if you think about it, and you go back into that game, Jimmy G outplayed him for three quarters. Jimmy G had a couple overthrows, okay? And if he connects, I think the 49ers win that Super Bowl. He had a great fourth. It's all I remember now, right? It's all I remember now, man. I mean, no question that you look at Aaron Rodgers, it's not important if you're boys with the guy. Not at all, man. Get over yourself. Rod Wolch is barking now. Obviously, he didn't like Rodgers. And he's more of a Favre guy. He's in the Favre camp because he's the guy, get this, he's the guy that made the deal for Favre. Remember that anytime you hear Ron Wolf, the former general manager of the Packers. He made the trade with Atlanta to get Brett Favre to Green Bay. That's why his legacy's on the line. And when people keep saying Rodgers is the better quarterback, Ron don't like that. No, that's his angle. He's a Favre guy. All right. One of my favorite Hall of Fame voters and one of my favorite Hall of Fame people is Jared Bell from USA Today. We'll talk to him next on all the news going on in the NFL. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. 
Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show with your boy, Dan Cilio. Okay, I'll... I'll give in. I've turned into a Devontae Smith fan. All right. When we first opened the show, I, I remember telling some of my boys in Philly, this kid, I mean, he's, he's 5'11", he's 128 pounds. He's a shwimp. Well, when you hear Merrill Reese, you hear Eli Gold, you hear Nick Sirianni, and you hear everybody who's in that locker room talking about the kid's character, his preparation, how he looks. And I get it. Helmets and shorts and such. I get it. I mean, you know, we're not talking about anything being real right now. But, dude, when you look like you fit in right away, especially in that league, it usually takes time for you to matriculate yourself in your game into that NFL. From what I'm hearing, the way that he fit in in the locker room, rolling in there. And you know what, too, what I love about it? From what I'm understanding, unlike the cancer wideouts that the Eagles had the last couple of years in that building, this kid's made it very clear. He's a rookie. He's not barking. He wants to be, in any way possible, a contributor to the success of the team, whatever that means. That doesn't mean 14 targets. It could mean four. That's when you know you have somebody like Larry Fitzgerald on your team. This guy's got a personality like Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, listen, the skill set, hey, man, thank you very much for not robbing a bank. You're in the NFL, and you were a first-round draft choice. Okay? I mean, come on. Let's give it up here, man. I mean, yeah, I, for him to, for people to go like this, well, he's a talent. Well, really, what the hell are we talking here? He's a first-rounder. He better be a talent. And for all these people to be throwing high praises at Devontae Smith, hey, man, I, 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 you know, to sit here and be an old curmudgeon, you know, like the old sports talk guys that got to hammer their point even though they know they're wrong, I'm not that guy. 
And by the way, at the end of the day, if I'm critical of somebody, I'm not rooting against you. It's just an opinion. If you prove me wrong, like Lamar Jackson has proved me wrong, I'll be the first guy to stand up and go, dude, that guy's the MVP. I thought he'd be out of the league in five years. I'm so wrong. I tweeted that out at Lamar, and I got to tell you something. He and I have kind of built up a little bit of a um, uh, like a Twitter relationship because somebody was dogging him about you know, his gold teeth and the way he dresses, and I'm like, man, what a racist comment that was. Somebody posted on his Twitter page. I said, you can't have more of a high-character guy than Lamar Jackson. I'm such a fan of that kid because I know a lot of people who – Love the kid down in South Florida. He's a South Florida guy. I have no idea how he got out of Miami's clutches and ended up going to Louisville. He ended up going on and winning the Heisman Trophy. And I've just turned into such a Lamar Jackson fan. Do you know, and by the way, I didn't bring this up with Tom Telesco because I didn't want to make a racial issue out of it. But Tom Telesco asked Lamar Jackson, are you ready for this? He asked Lamar to try out at whiteout. I mean... That's not something that I think is cool. That's why he didn't run at the combines. That's why he didn't run at his pro day. He didn't want anybody to think that he was going to even remotely have the notion that he was going to try to play wide receiver. That just wasn't going to happen. And so that guy proved me completely wrong. Led the NFL on touchdown passes. This guy's won 80% of his ball games. I'm such a fan of that dude, man. Lamar, you know, again, maybe the only issue that I have with him still is if he could throw that football team out of trouble, the Ravens. I think John Harbaugh has done a magnificent job with that football player and with that football organization and with that offensive huddle. My question and my problem would be is, are you cool with giving him a long-term extension, knowing that part of his game is the same thing that ended up taking down RG3? It's his legs. Now, Can he still be a great signal caller in the NFL when it comes to leading a team by just his arm? I I think so. However, I do think some of the dynamic of Lamar Jackson is clearly the fact that Lamar is one of the most explosive and versatile running backs I've ever seen in open space. I mean, look, if you were going to put tickets on the table, And you were going to say, which quarterback do you want to see play play? I mean, Patrick Mahomes, obviously, his name is going to be on the table there, and you want to maybe buy those tickets. Man, but you couldn't have a more electric player than what you're seeing here with Lamar. And I think the pandemic kind of slowed his progress down a year ago. I think the lack of the running game kind of hurt that football team a little bit a year ago as well. They weren't quite the running game that they were the year that they posted all those wins and he was the MVP in the National Football League, I think they get back to having people helping him in the backfield. I think Lamar gets back to being where he was two years ago. And the Ravens have to be in the conversation for a team that you would think that could come out of the AFC and win. Guy who was at their training camp a couple days ago, and I just got through saying this, and I want to bring my friend Jared Bell in from USA Today, one of our dear friends. And Jared, thank you so much for for jumping aboard with me. I know you were over at Ravens camp a couple days ago. You know, I am such a fan of what I see with Lamar Jackson. And I think the most important thing that I love about the kid is what Ozzie Newsom saw about the kid when he came out of college was his tremendous character. I mean, what says you on you being around him? Yeah, he seems to be pretty authentic. That's the thing I like about him. Um, in addition to what we see on the football field, right? But just in being around him, and I've had a, a couple interviews with him face-to-face over the past couple of years um, and then have been in press conferences and stuff around him. And he just seems like that guy who is next door or down the street. Now, depending on what neighborhood you grew up in, but from my perspective, Lamar is like that guy I grew up with, Okay. And he doesn't try to sugarcoat things. Um, You know, he comes off sometimes almost as naive, but he's a lot smarter than he he puts out sometimes. And um, he has fun with it in terms of dealing with the media and stuff. And his teammates love him, and you you can see why they really love him because he is just that guy you could rally around and really root for. So it's going to be interesting 
to see kind of how things evolved from him, from from not from here uh, for him as you know we've seen the first couple three years Jared as you know a quarterback has to have that coach and it just seems to me that I you know going from Joe Flacco a seven-step guy then going to a versatile player like a Lamar Jackson boy this really just opened my eyes a little more about John Harbaugh I mean Maybe one of the most underrated coaches in the NFL. He's able to change that offense almost overnight. It seems that that's a perfect matchup, and you have to have that dynamic, don't you? A coach that can motivate and also develop that position. Yeah, Harbaugh has some staying power, right? I mean, the Ravens stuck with Brian Billick for a long time, and they've also stuck with John Harbaugh. Now, a couple, three years ago, there were rumblings that Harbaugh might be on his way out, but he got a new contract and they have moved on. But like you said, um, there was just this big transformation that had to happen in terms of going from Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson during the course of a season. And I remember doing a story on Joe Flacco as all this was developing, and there were a handful of plays that the Ravens had where both Lamar and Flacco were in the game at the same time, and they split Flacco out in the slot. I mean, he hated it, right? Um, <laughs> that was a temporary thing. Good for Joe that it was a temporary thing. But for the Ravens, um, just like you said at the top, they took a chance on Lamar Jackson when a lot of people didn't believe that he could really excel as an NFL quarterback. And Bill Polian, who has since come out and said, hey, I was wrong. So he's at least admitted that. But um, he was one of the, the leading voices. And in addition to so many draft analysts, who just didn't think Lamar was going to be able to cut it in the NFL. And he has proven that not only because of his speed and, and what he can do as a runner, but because of those dimes that he can drop as a passer, he needs more consistency, Dan, obviously he says it, the Ravens say it, that's been the deal. And, and we would be remiss not to mention Greg, uh, Greg Roman, when we talk about building the offense around Lamar Jackson, but, if he can get that pocket consistency, which it, it sure looked good yesterday. He didn't look as good on Tuesday as he did yesterday. I was at practices on both days. But, you know, when you see him drop those dimes 40 yards in the air, uh, <laughs> it's a sight to behold. And then you think about the whole package. Man, I'll tell you, I hate the fact, and I keep telling everybody, including my boy Luther Campbell, how the hell did that guy get the hell out of Miami and all the way to Louisville, and he didn't go to UM? That still to this day rubs me <laughs> such a wrong way here. Jared, let me move on to this. You know, yeah, the, yeah true, true hurricane, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, you know, this Chris Paul story the other day with, mm. you know, COVID-19 protocol, I wonder how much the NFL now, has been put on notice now when it comes to the vaccinations. I saw that the league came down very, very favorably towards people that are vaccinated now where pretty much everything is wide open. It's almost like, Jared, they're not telling the players to get vaccinated, but in a way, they're telling the players <laughs> to get vaccinated. Is that how you read it? Oh, totally. No, no doubt about it because, you know, legally they can't um, force them to do it, right? And you remember uh, Brandon Bean, the Bills uh, general manager, got into some hot water a couple, three weeks ago when he said, you know, he doesn't even want to have players on his team that are not vaccinated. So they can't go that far legally to uh, demand it, just like I guess they can't tell him not to kneel for the national anthem or not or stand for that, you know, the whole Jerry Jones thing. But point being, the policies that were revealed yesterday really kind of underscore what you said. And for the life of me, I, I don't understand why a player wouldn't get vaccinated. But when you hear them talk, just like you hear other people in society talk about um, their perceived risks and wanting more information, et cetera, um, you can give them the benefit of the doubt on that. But in this NFL context, here's what happens. We saw what, and this is where the Chris Paul situation just really resonates, because we saw last year the NFL go through um, so many different situations, including the Denver Broncos having to you know, bring up a receiver from their practice squad to play quarterback. But these outbreaks happen and they happen over, you know, a couple of days, you know, during the course of a week. So if a guy uh, tests positive on a Monday, 
um, then all of a sudden everybody in this position group is at risk and being on that list and, and it can just cause havoc. And don't expect the NFL to have any mercy as they did not for the Broncos last year and say, we're gonna you know, postpone this game because your offensive line is all out, right? The Raiders, they had that very situation last uh, during the season where their whole offensive line was in jeopardy and had to sit out and all that. So that is the real life risk for this situation with NFL players. And it, it, if we saw it happen with Chris Paul, who's to say it couldn't happen to a Lamar Jackson or somebody else, a big player, big name or not, but the, the ramifications can just spread, you know, throughout a whole position group or a team even. I, I can't wait to get to this topic here. And you know what? You're the perfect guy to sit here and tell me this. Cilio, you're nuts, okay? Or you may be onto something here. This Deshaun Watson case, you know, oh <laughs> you end up giving you end up giving the player $38 million a year. You give him a great contract. The guy doesn't like, I guess, Cal McNair or how the whole thing had translated in the front office. He's got problems. And as soon as he admits he wants out, we have these. And, and by the way, I'm not dismissing anything if there's an issue out there for character at all but there's not one legal and i'm talking criminal case against him they're all civil which means you're going after the money and you're not going after the crime the league has been quiet usually with something like this jared they ray rice or anything maybe because there was video they get out in front of it right away the league has been parked on the side of this thing here along with the team and along with these attorneys now Give me your synopsis of what you see, how this playing out. I, I heard that we're going to hear something. Nick Sirianni said, or Nick um, Gasario said, we're going to hear something prior to going into camp um, on his status. Camp? You're going to let this thing linger all the way until the beginning of camp? Is he going to be paid leave or not? Is he going to be on the exempt list? How do you see this thing? Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. When you talk about like camp, it's like right around the corner and it's five weeks away. So, um, it is interesting when you talk about the NFL's inaction, but the NFL really doesn't have to do anything during the offseason. Presumably they're, you know, motoring ahead with their investigation. I have no knowledge in, in terms of how far along it's gone, who they've interviewed with, but it does raise a red flag when you say, okay, there's, there's nothing criminal here. But by the same token, uh, the fact that so many different people have come out and alleged, uh, you know, improprieties with Deshaun Watson is why we're sitting here right now even talking about it. And so um, without really knowing all of the facts, I think that's what we we all want want to hear and want to, you know, put our arms around. Um, it just has always struck me as odd that a guy who um, is the face of the franchise, um, big money player, obviously, a, you know, an enormous talent would have that many people or reach out to that many people to perform services on his body. Now, Dan, you know, uh, NFL players all up, up and cross up and down on the rosters, they utilize people with as their you know, personal support teams and not only, you know, massage therapists, but, you know, nutritionists and yeah. speed coaches and chefs and, and personal trainers and all of that. Um, it just struck me as odd as this um, story was developing that Deshaun Watson, of all people, wouldn't already have a masseuse or even, what, three masseuses if you had to. Like a team. As part of your team, right. And so that's what, that's what I want to know more about, just from a, a standpoint of understanding this whole thing. But um, in terms of what you said at the top about all of this really kind of coming <laughs> to the surface, when he, you know, he expressed the desire to leave, maybe that's a coincidence. I don't know anything other than to to say that at this point. But man, you know, you just you never know. You go into an off season every year, Silio, <laughs> and it seems like there's some story that comes out of nowhere that dominates the off season. I mean, we had Ben Roethlisberger, Michael Vick, and you know, on and on over the years. It's been like. Um, these off-season dramas and, and Deshaun Watson, in his case, provided that this off-season. couple last questions for you here, Jared. Uh, this story in Green Bay, it, you know, it, to me, I look at Green Bay 
And I look at them as, and I'm going to compare social media platforms. They're like MySpace, and everybody today is like on Twitter. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I heard Mark Murphy go, we get letters from our fans. Who writes a letter, dude? I can't remember the last time that I actually put a, a letter in the mail and a stamp in mail. I don't even know where a mailbox is. I go, and you hear the way they talk. The relationships that they've had with their two-star quarterbacks the last 31 years, I mean, between Favre's exit, Aaron Rodgers' exit, I mean, I know that they love the brand, and the fans love the brand. It's kind of like a college atmosphere. But, boy, I'll tell you, it's really weird on how this relationship he, – he's a complex guy. You hear Mark Murphy. Why are you throwing fire on something if you know he's a complex guy? How do you see this whole story? And do you think he'll be in Green Bay the start of the season? Yeah, yeah. Um, let me start with the one thing you said. Yeah, he's a complex guy. And, and I mean, and that makes per that's so logical. It's like of all people to not try to manage this thing with all along, going back to when they drafted Jordan Love, it's it's ridiculous. And um, the Packers are, are so lucky to, you know, be in a situation where, as you just pointed out, you have Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers and you got 30 years of quarterbacking. I mean, uh, the Colts had it with Peyton Manning and then they thought they were going to have it with Andrew Luck. They had it for, for a number of years. But um, it, it is just you, you look at how many NFL teams would love to have that problem. The 49ers had it for a little bit with Montana and Young. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, you go across the league and. You know, that just doesn't happen. I mean, how long did it take for the Cowboys to go from Troy Aikman to to, to Tony Romo? <laughs> it took a while. Um, but anyway, um, the point, will he be there this year? <sighs> I mean, my hunch is that he will. But for that to happen, there's going to have to be some major concessions by the Packers. And they'll, you know, look at, look like it you know, publicly. They'll take the public hit on it as they have already. Um, you sure he's taking a public hit too. Um, but you can't you can't try to go into the season without Aaron Rodgers when Aaron Rodgers is on your roster. I mean, that's just crazy. So you need to sit down with him, get him in the room, meet him halfway, go meet him in Colorado somewhere. Or maybe that's where he'll end up playing. <laughs> so, um, you know, meet him somewhere and just have a meeting of the minds and, and work this thing out. Finally here, um, you know, this new wave of the quarterbacks having a seat or having a say maybe at the executive's table, because when you're paying these players 30 to 35 to $42 million now, you saw Russell Wilson kicking tires, talking about now he's making hay and he's talking about how he loves his teammates. But there was conversation in Seattle how upset he was. You saw, you know, Tom Brady's situation in New England, how that thing um, unraveled. Now he ended up going to, to Tampa Bay. Yeah, obviously, what we just talked about with Aaron Rodgers. Do you think that this is just a one-item issue where this will not be? Or do you think this is going to be a trend where these big-money quarterbacks now – not going to have a say on personnel or direction, but there is going to be an influence coming out of these players. You think that's going to be a new trend? I mean, that's a great question. I don't think fundamentally it's going to be the way NFL teams are going to want to do business. I mean, you, you look at Tom Brady, of all people, and from everything that I've heard from talking to people uh, with, with a lot more knowledge than me is that that was this, you know, such a big part of, you know, his discontent with the Patriots over the years. I mean, Brady was there for 20 years, right? And so, you know, Brady worked it as well as anybody could. <laughs> and not just because he won another Super Bowl, but you think about his last contract and getting the clause in there where they couldn't franchise tag him. So he definitely had an exit strategy that he was able to execute. Everybody's not going to be able to do that because like you, you talked about Russell Wilson, you talk about Deshaun Watson, and even Aaron Rodgers, I mean, they've got these contracts that don't allow them to be able to, to say, I'm going to stay for one more year and then that's it. Um, so I don't know if that's going to be um, a trend, but it just makes sense when you're talking about a people business on, in addition to a salary cap business and a talent business to, to want to be on the same page 
with your most important player. And so maybe that doesn't mean that, you know, the quarterback has the power per se, but you've got to be able to go into your boss and say, we need some receivers, man. <laughs> and this, this guy we've got here is not really cutting it. He doesn't do that and that. And we've got somebody else on the market. Can we make a run and just really have an honest assessment? Um, so that's where this thing probably has to go in terms of what NFL teams can manage. But there, there's going to be only a handful of players that you're going to willing be willing to do that with if you are a, a team. And like I said, the Patriots, for all of their success and for all of the greatness that Tom Brady brought, it, it didn't happen, right? So that might be a precedent too. Um, I, I got a text before um, I brought you on from Reggie Wayne. He said that um, the next time you guys are voting, man, he wants to take you to dinner prior to the vote. <laughs> it's the Miami, the Miami thing, right? Oh, of course it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Reg, Reggie Wayne, you know, has been in the conversation for a couple of years and he will continue to be in the conversation. You know, what this whole Hall of Fame process just, it really is and it reminds me of, I mean, it is so competitive. And the frustrating thing for a guy like Reggie Wayne is that there's nothing else he could do. He can't score another touchdown. Um, he could take me to dinner. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to get it. But the point, the point being is that just like a few years ago when we had, you know, Chris Carter and, and, um, and, and Tim Brown and, and Andre Reed, we had a log jam. We've had log jams at certain positions. So, I, I think the thing that that really um, will have to comfort Reggie at this point, and it's and I'm not just blowing smoke, is that when you get to be a finalist, your chances of ultimately getting in are like ninety something percent, right? And so it may take a while. Look at John Lynch, right, um, and and others over the years. Um, but the fact that he is in that conversation and we keep voting him in as a finalist just tells you he's right there on the launching pad. Now, which order, who goes in and where he goes, it, you know, it, it, it's crazy sometimes to predict that. But there are these guys who go in on the first ballot and you know that there's no question, right? Bruce Smith, uh, Joe Montana, right? Reggie, Reg, Reggie uh, White. Yeah, yeah. So you get those guys, but for so many guys, yeah, it, it's a it's a process that sometimes takes years. So um, he can keep the faith and know that um, he did well. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure. He sure did. Jarrett, it is always great catching up with you. Thank you so much for finding time for me, my friend. Oh, thanks for having me, Celio. Let's do it again sometime, man. I you got that. it, man. Thank yeah. you so much. Jarrett Bell, our good friend from USA Today. We'll take a brief time out, reset, and keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. 
IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show with your boy Dan Cilio. Yeah, that vaccination story was brought to light because of the Chris Paul case in the NBA playoffs. And Jarrett is exactly right. We just had Jarrett Bell on from USA Today. The NFL can't legally do this. All players must be vaccinated because that's against the law to do that. And by the way, every single player does not have to divulge any medical issues that you may have or you may not have. It's against the law to know your medical records. That's why when people were going around the country and saying that they could ask you for vaccination cards, that's against the law. Anything medical related, you cannot ask a person to divulge their medical history. You're protected under the Constitution. So when people say, hey, um, we need to see your vaccination card, that's against the law. Now, they can, you know how they're getting away with it? Some states have mandated that you have to wear masks in certain places. That's how they mandate it. Okay? So some of these places would rather just have you wear masks because it protects them whether they know you're vaccinated or not. And so the NFL could not go down that slippery slope. So what they've done is this. Like, here, I'll give you some of the, um, the terms in this new vaccination protocol that the NFL is going to have this year. Okay. Like during training camp, if you are not vaccinated, okay, you still have to grab and dash, which means you grab your food and you go some other place and sit with social distancing. If you're inside the facility, you still have to deal with social distancing. If you've been vaccinated, then you don't have to have any of these protocols put on you. You can walk around the facility at will. You can use the sauna at will. Like if you're not vaccinated, you can't use the sauna unless designated specific areas after you have a, say, a camp practice. Most players like to do this. There's an ice tub. And if you're overheated, they like to get in that ice tub just to cool down the body after they have like a two-a-day practice. And what you do is you sit in there for a little bit. You can't do that if you're not vaccinated to have, you know, restricted areas that you can do. But if you have been, none of those restrictions are applied to you. So the league has made it so that, hey, look, it's in your best interest if you get vaccinated so that you can have free roaming of the facility and all throughout the training facility. Okay. And especially when you have to eat or your sleeping arrangements. So that's how the league came out because, you know, like Jared Bell just said, you know, what you don't want to have happen is you don't want to go through what we saw last year with the Denver Broncos when they had that scale of a team and they were using a wide receiver at quarterback just to get through the football game 
That's not something the NFL wants to go through because that was such a disaster. Personally, I thought that that was one of the worst looks I had seen the NFL have in a long time because what they did to the Broncos in that particular football game, they just threw a team out there and the league had no sympathy for those players not practicing the COVID protocols of a year ago. Now, they were more stricter, obviously, last year because we were in the middle of the pandemic. Now that we're coming out of the pandemic, the NFL's got more of a grasp on how they're going to deal with coming out of it and dealing with new protocols. But there's no doubt the stuff with Chris Paul has put everybody on blast. Okay? You don't and, – and, and especially like you saw some games last year. Think of this for a second. You know, the New England Patriots probably had a three-game swing. Remember at the beginning of the year, I think the Patriots ran for 300 yards on the ground or something close to that against the Dolphins. I mean, they ran them off the field. By the end of the year, the New England Patriots, they were lucky to be 7-9. and nine. Cam had missed like two and a half or three games or something like that. Then he was dealing with the fact that he had COVID-19, said mentally it was, a, it was really hard on him. I mean, there were three games in there that probably dictated whether or not the Patriots were going to be a postseason team. And then when you're starting to talk about how close, you know, the games are, that's the difference between hosting a first-round bye in the playoffs or, get this, having home field advantage throughout the playoffs in your respective conference if one of your star players ends up missing a game. The NFL is so competitive and it's so close. Like I said yesterday, the difference between being six and 10 and 10 and six is probably 25 plays a year. And you don't want any of your star players missing them for injuries, let alone the fact that you didn't practice COVID 19 protocols. All right. We're going to catch up with one of the legendary voices in NFL history, Brad Sham, the voice of the Dallas Cowboys. That'll be in hour number two. Also, Baker Mayfield says he's not concerned about a contract extension. Also, I didn't get a chance to get to it yesterday. Big Sills top 10 NFL players heading into the 2021 season. We'll do all that next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.